0: Head to patreon.com slash healthy mama chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't
1: wait to see you in there. All right,
0: let's get on with the episode.
1: You want to look at what your child eats over the span of a week um, as opposed to being so micro. Cause I think that's when we get stressed out when our kid isn't eating all our dinner or when they take two bites of their breakfast and then they're off to school. And then we worry all day, Oh my God, did they eat enough? So I think that can kind of alleviate some stress and anxiety that our kids aren't eating enough. When we look at it over the seven day period, are they eating lots of different um, foods over a seven day period? And if they are, then great. And if not, then we need to um, make some positive changes. Living a healthy, balanced
0: life is no small feat especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living, but it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Chris here. And when I did a call out for topics late last year, one of the top requests I got was more on kids nutrition and health. And so you are listening to episode one of our kids nutrition series. When I started thinking about the guests that I wanted to have on for this series, I had a few guests immediately pop into my head and today's guest was one of them. I am so excited to share this interview with you guys today. I have admired Joy and her work in the holistic nutrition world for years and years. Um, I actually got to serve food at a couple of her events gosh, like seven or eight years ago. It must've been longer than that because my daughter wasn't even a thought yet. So it was probably closer to eight or nine years ago and she was doing some events and her people reached out to me. I was working as a, a, a holistic personal chef at the time and they asked me if I wanted to serve samples. And I got some really incredible clients from her events and um, she had no idea, but it was just kind of cool to have that connection. And then last year I was actually a part of, Joy's business course as well. And so it's really kind of been a a full circle um, admiring Joy from afar and then being able to really learn from her in several ways over the past decade or so. But Joy now has a daughter. She's five, and she is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to holistic, health and holistic nutrition when it comes to everyone, but I love her perspective on kids' nutrition. She's really big on raising kids who enjoy a wide variety of nutrient-dense foods, but she has a balanced perspective about it. And so I really wanted to have her on to share her holistic perspective on raising holistically healthy kids and to share how she balances it with her own daughter. So we talk about everything from pregnancy and how she nourished herself During pregnancy to kind of feeding Vienna first foods and then moving into the toddler stage and some revelations and mindset shifts she had around food in the toddler stage and how she formulates her recipes differently now that she has a kiddo in the food that she and her husband eat. We talk about nutrition needs for kids um, throughout different ages, so their needs when they're young versus their needs as they get a little bit older. We talk about supplements for kids. We talk about some of those pesky ingredients that might be in kid food that might not be the best for our kids, but how do we balance it? And how do we approach it with a balanced mindset and, and not leaving our kids feeling deprived, but also focusing on nourishing them really well we also talked about some of her joyous health pantry and fridge essentials and so much more i know that even if you don't yet know who joy is which i seriously doubt but even if you don't yet know who she is you are going to love her perspective on holistic health and kids and i just i had such a great time chatting with her and i know you are going to love listening to this episode So for those of you who don't yet know Joy, Joy McCarthy is a holistic nutritionist and founder of joyoushealth.com, an award-winning website focused on healthy living. She's a best-selling author of Joyous Health, The Joyous Cookbook, and Joyous Detox, a World's Gourmand cookbook author recipient. She's also the co-host of the Joyous Health podcast. She runs a business program called the Joyous Health Business Program, has a line of organic herbal teas and natural beauty products, as well as a line of children's natural supplements in partnership with Genuine Health. A trusted nutrition expert, Expert, joy has been featured in hundreds of publications both online such as well and good cnn and cbc and in print and is a regular health expert on television including city line and ctv's your morning joy lives in toronto with her husband walker and their daughter vienna you can find her at joyous health on instagram twitter pinterest and on facebook without further ado here's my conversation with joy Hi, Joy. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to have you on kicking off our series on kids nutrition. So I love to just go ahead and jump right in and get started with an icebreaker. Are you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. So my icebreaker for all of my guests is what do you drink when you wake up first thing in the morning?
1: Oh, water. It's not very exciting. I <laughs> <A> really <laughs> okay, big glass. Everyone's a little glass. Different. Of water. And sometimes it's with lemon. And sometimes I put in a bit of apple cider vinegar. But I actually always have a mason jar um, beside my bed that I fill up before I go to bed. Uh, And then first thing in the morning, that's the first thing I drink.
0: That is so smart. I love that you keep it next to your bed because I typically stumble out of my bed into the kitchen and pour my water that way. But I always like, you know, get my coffee ready first before (laughs) I try to drink the water. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, you know what? I find I'm often like thirsty like right away. So I Mm -hmm. just, and even when I'm not, it's just to like, I just feel like it sets the stage in my digestive system. It kind of gets things going. It's great for skin. So I'm just like, yeah, I down like a big glass of water. What a good way to honor your body first thing in the
0: morning. I love it. So this interview is so much fun, Joy. I I didn't even mention this to you. When we first got on, we just started talking about the craziness that's going on in our world right now, which I'm sure, um, well, this is going to come out in January, but I doubt it's going to be that different than it is now in December or almost December. Um, but I've actually been familiar with your work for several years now, actually probably close to a decade um, when oh, wow. I was in Toronto and I was working as a personal chef. There's like very little chance that you remember this. Um, but your people contacted me years and years ago to provide some samples at a couple of your events. And so I samples at your events and I remember being so excited mostly because I could learn from you and I got to like go to the event for free and share samples and I got some great clients. So thank you.
1: (laughs) So was that with genuine health? It was, yes. It
0: was um, when you were doing those in-person events. Yeah. And yes. it, was just, it was so exciting. I was studying holistic nutrition at the time. Um, I worked for Megan Telpner for a while in her kitchen. Oh, wow. you know, I took her Academy of Culinary Nutrition course and I was like soaking up everything I could about holistic nutrition and also working as a personal chef. And so when they asked me, I'm like, uh, yes, you don't have to ask me twice.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That is so cool. So have, so Megan is like a very close friend of mine. Um, have you had her on your podcast yet? I have not yet. I have her on the plans to ask her to
0: come on yeah, in 2021. Yeah. So yeah, I know she would be an amazing guest. Everything she's done with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition is so cool. And I know that I have learned so much from her.
1: Oh, that's amazing. That's very cool. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, hopefully we get back to in-person events soon. But I have to tell you, like pre-COVID, I traveled a lot Um, you know, as I was going kind of here, there, and ever mostly in Canada, uh, but, and we would go down to the States one to two times per year, but I have to say that's like one good thing that's come out of COVID is like not traveling as much. I actually, Mm -hmm. I mean, I really missed our summer vacation that, but aside from that, like just traveling for business, it's been nice not to have to do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. My, my husband has always traveled quite a bit, and. It's been crazy to have him home as much as he has been home this year, but it's actually been really nice to actually be together as a family. So I very much understand that.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the silver lining of everything.
0: Yes, totally. So I am sure that many, many of my listeners, being moms, being moms who are interested in living a healthy, balanced life... Already know who you are. But for those who are listening who might not already be familiar with you and your work, can
1: you just kind of share who you are and what you're passionate about bringing to the world? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a holistic nutritionist and I'm also a cookbook author. I have three uh, cookbooks. My most recent cookbook, Baby, came out earlier this year. And I have a healthy lifestyle brand called Joyous Health. And so Joyous Health was started over a decade ago just as a blog, uh, for me to like share my inspiration for healthy living and, uh, share recipes. And it is just grown over the years to now we have an entire shop and we've developed and created a line of natural hair care and body care. Uh, we have organic herbal teas. And so now, you know, it's officially like the joyous health brand. So um, that's basically about me. And I'm a mom, of course, I'm a mom to an amazing, uh, five-year-old, uh, who her name is Vienna and she is just so much fun. And I just absolutely love being a mom. You know, I always wanted to be a mom since I was a kid. It was definitely something I just feel like I've, you know, some people just like, I just, I just have it in me. I just, like I am meant to be a mom. And so, you know, having Vienna was just really has been like the best gift ever.
0: Oh, I love it so much. And she is so, so sweet. I love watching you guys on Instagram stories. And when she pops in and helps you with cooking videos, my oldest daughter loves to help me cook too. So it's fun to watch you guys together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love, I, you know, what is funny as she gets older, sometimes she's just like, "Eh, I don't want to, even though she's only five, I'm like, Oh, I can see what's going to be happening here. Um, but I do like when she's into it, but you know what? I had her in the kitchen with me from when she was a baby and she was just, you know, in my arms, um, in one of those baby wraps, like she has been around food, um, her whole life been going to farmer's markets, you know, she knows where food comes from, you know, she's picked everything from radishes to apples. Uh, So I think that's, you know, really, really important to start your children um, as early as you can, uh, really understanding where their food coming comes from and really helping them to connect with food. But that being said, it's also never too late. Like if one of your listeners is, you know, thinking, oh, you know, that I didn't do that. And now my child's 12 you know, it's, it's really, it's never too late. It really isn't. And I've met over the years, I've met, you know, so many people who would come up to me and be like, you know what joy, um, you know, my 15 year old son would like never eat a vegetable. And, you know, I made him your broccoli and cauliflower, uh, roasted dish with tahini. And like, he gobbled up the whole thing. And I'm like, yes, that's such like a, that's such a parent win. So I always like to tell parents, You know, these kinds of stories um, to give them hope, to know that, you know, if you haven't been, if your child hasn't been around food and you haven't been feeding them healthfully, uh, there's still time to make a change.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. hundred percent. And I love to talk about my own personal story when it comes to this, because I am very thankful that I have a dad who has always had a really big, beautiful garden. And so I grew up eating fresh vegetables and and learning how to grow them. Like, you know, sitting there with him, actually, you know, digging the dirt and getting tomatoes like fresh off the vine. So delicious. And so I remember having that beautiful experience in the summertime, but the rest of the year, we just ate the standard American diet. It was like pop tarts and toaster strudels and blue box <laughs> mac and cheese and like all of that stuff. Yeah. So we always had those vegetables there. So I, I did grow up with kind of like an appreciation for vegetables but they weren't the center of our plate and it wasn't Mm. until I actually decided to become a vegetarian in high school that I started to Mm. become more interested in different vegetables and different types of foods like I had I didn't even know what the word tofu meant and that was something that I started to incorporate (laughs) because I was vegetarian and so I was like what is this stuff and then tempeh came later and (laughs) and then you know it kind of expanded from there into you know now I eat all types of foods but I have a much wider palate and I'm all about, I'm all about balance, but I didn't grow up as like the healthiest eater. And I absolutely learned how to eat these real whole foods and appreciate them too, which Mm -hmm. I think is what a lot of people are oftentimes afraid of is like, well, I'm just going to be forcing my kids to eat it. And then they're going to hate it later on. And I think If you do force them, then they will probably hate it later on. But it's really about um, more encouraging it and realizing that it's it's never too late, and really taking that that positive approach with it.
1: Yes, I agree, hundred (laughs)
0: percent. Yeah. So I would love to just kind of take it back a little bit to when you found out you were pregnant with Vienna. How did this? start to shift your perspective or maybe solidify what you already know to be true about nutrition and health? How did it kind of change your view once you were pregnant?
1: Yeah. So once I was got, you know, I felt like I I did a lot of prep work before getting pregnant um, because I knew in order to be a healthy vessel to grow a child, I needed to ensure that I did things to take care of myself. So I feel like becoming pregnant, pregnant, I had such like a good foundation that when I actually became pregnant, it wasn't like, cause I see this with a lot of women um, who reach out to me with questions. I think a lot of women get pregnant then they're like, Oh my God, I have no idea how to eat healthy. So, you know, my recommendation to a lot of women is to start before you even get pregnant because it will help you get pregnant more easily And it will help your experience being pregnant be easier as well, for the most part. Um, So, you know, not a lot changed for me, I would say, when I was uh, actually pregnant. It was more my perspective, I would say, changed um, more when Vienna, when I started introducing foods to her. And then when beyond when it was just, you know, introducing single ingredient foods, when she started eating meals, Then my perspective changed on things. And what changed specifically was, you know, I would make myself the most green smoothies that like most people would not enjoy eating. (laughs) I gladly choke them back for the, for the sake of my health. Uh, And, you know, there were certain things that I would eat or drink that I was like, whatever, it doesn't like taste amazing, but it's good for me. So, you know, once having Vienna and, you know, feeding her, I realized she is not going to be gladly slurping back the same green smoothies. Uh, <laughs> so I realized, you know, with having a, when she was a t- toddler age, that everything I made for her had to taste really good. <laughs> and so that is essentially how I eat now. Like the only food that I create for my family is food that tastes really good, but with all whole food ingredients. And that was a big perspective change for me that, Oh, I'm not just cooking for myself. And my husband Walker will happily eat anything pretty much. He's like, (laughs) not picky. Uh, so he would happily have those God awful green smoothies, but you know, we all appreciate really tasty food and So that, that was like a big perspective change, but back to pregnancy, I actually loved being pregnant. You know, I feel like we always hear about the stories of people who had like the worst pregnancy ever. And I'm grateful that I actually had a very good experience and I actually really loved being pregnant. I just felt good. Um, I had energy, not like as much energy as I have now, obviously when you're carrying a child, things are a little bit different, but Um, I, you know, I made sure that my nutrition and movement um, were, were top priorities for me, even, even with being as busy as we are, my husband and I, you know, we work together, we're entrepreneurs and uh, everyone's busy. Life is hectic. That's just the way it is. But I think the difference for me and why I think I had such good energy throughout my pregnancy was because I just made myself a priority. I made, you know, I had like my, smoothies that I were having was having every day. I made sure that I was eating protein and getting lots of variety so I got lots of different micronutrient nutrients and I just really made sure that no matter how busy I am, you know, I am growing a human being and that's a really great responsibility. It's a serious responsibility. And so I made sure that I, you know, really took care of myself. So I don't, you know, I don't want to make any other moms feel bad because I think sometimes when we're pregnant, we're like, oh, I could just eat whatever I want. You know, I have to say, I never felt when I was pregnant that I was like, oh, I'm just going to down a pint of Haagen-Dazs because I'm pregnant and I can. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I just, I thought about those kinds of things and I was like that, I don't know, that just doesn't resonate with me. Maybe because I didn't have those crazy cravings. Um, but I just felt like everything that I put into my body, I'm growing a human being and I have to be greatly responsible for that. And I feel like that took precedence over other things that I, you know, thought that, you know, if I was like really had a hankering for something, but I never felt like I was like depriving myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I definitely had a, I have two kiddos, um, and they are four years apart. So. I definitely had a more positive experience during pregnancy, and I was actually much healthier with my second daughter than with my first daughter. And what's interesting is with my first daughter, I was still in a phase, I talk a lot about intuitive eating and really tuning into your body and doing what's right for, for you and your unique body, but also eating lots of real, whole, nourishing foods. And when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I was very much still in like a kind of a diety mindset where like all Mm -hmm. of the choices I made were to try and to, you know, fit into a certain size and look a certain way. And they weren't necessarily the most nourishing choices for my body or what was Mm -hmm. actually going to make me feel good. And the shift that kind of happened between my two daughters was that I learned how to kind of get back to my roots of being interested in holistic real whole foods, holistic nutrition, and really nourish my body really well. I went through some um, hormonal imbalances in between and really trying Mm -hmm. to kind of realign my body helped me to just be in a healthier place when I got pregnant. And then I had a better experience when I was pregnant Mm. with her. And I think being in that healthy place, like you said before, and then having that mindset throughout that, you know, even just knowing what feeling good is like. Yes. I think changes the choices that we want to make for ourselves, for our future baby going or you know, the baby that's that's growing, going, I know what it feels like to feel good and I know what it feels like to not feel good. And I would rather feel good during this than to be kind
1: of feeling icky all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, over the years, like working, I don't work one-on-one with clients anymore, but I did for the first seven years of my career. And I always found that people that was kind of part of their healing journey, like people would, would often say to me, you know, if they've been like eating better and eating more nourishing foods, and then they go back to their old habits. And they're like, wow, I cannot believe like, how bad certain foods like just I feel like garbage when I'm super stressed and, you know, eating takeout all the time. And I think that most people just don't know how good the body is designed to feel like we are meant to feel really good. We're meant to have good energy. Um, we're not meant to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I'm so tired. Of course, unless one of our kids was up all night. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I really think um, that once you know what it feels like to feel good and feel energized, that you just want to continue to feel that way. So that that really um, sets you off on like a really positive path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pregnancy and beyond for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that you talked about the fact that your perspective really started to shift more towards these more satisfying meals, still made with lots of real whole foods, but more satisfying meals once you started feeding Vienna. So I'm curious, do, do you and Walker have like a particular philosophy or aim when you're feeding Vienna, maybe either in the beginning or now? Does she eat what you eat? Do you modify it? I know this is the question I hear from a lot of parents. Like, do you do you change the food that you give to your kids? versus what you eat? I'm really curious to hear your response.
1: Yeah. So from day one, uh, we did not change, um, what we eat or sorry, give, you know, I know a lot of parents will give their child like a completely separate meal. Um, you know, unless like if Walker and I want to have like oysters and like totally food, that's not kid friendly then Vienna would have something different. But from day one, when we started feeding her, it was absolutely food that we're already eating uh, and incorporating, um, you know, lots of vegetables and fruits, making sure she gets enough protein. And also, I was never afraid. There's a lot of confusion out there in terms of, you know, adding herbs and spices before one year old. And I never followed that advice of like plain bland food because I think about traditional cultures um, all around the world and how kids just like eat whatever their parents are eating, like a six or seven month old might be eating the same burrito that their mom is having because that's what they eat. So, you know, I really adopted that philosophy of like, you know, really expose her palate to as many different flavors as possible. So, that she can decide what she likes. And I think, I think that's a challenge for a lot of parents who have just done, you know, single ingredient foods for so long with no other flavoring and their kids just end up really liking bland food. That's Mm -hmm. not to say Vienna is like, she, you know, there's a lot of food she finds too spicy. I think maybe she's a super taster, but like ginger, um, Vienna will find too spicy. So I have to modify things. Like I made a sweet potato, black bean chili the other week. And I was really, really modest with like the cayenne and all that stuff. Like I would have made it way more spicy if it was just for Walker and I, and she still found it too spicy. Mm. So I actually ended up mixing it with some brown rice and then she was okay with it. But yeah, I think it's a really good idea to just, you know, just feed your kids the same thing that you're eating. And if, you know, they're complaining that they don't like it, I think rather than, you know, just getting rid of that whole meal and giving them something totally new. Just like make modifications to it. Like for example, with this chili the other week, when Vienna's like, "Oh, I can't eat this. It's too spicy. I just want pasta." She loves pasta with pesto. What kid doesn't love pasta? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna mix some. I'm gonna mix in more brown rice, just so then it like you know gets some starch in there, and then the overall spiciness is less. And then it was fine. And then she like gobbled it all up.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a really great advice to just, you know, modify it a little bit instead of giving them something different. We're we're very similar with our kiddos. Um, both of our kids have very different preferences when it comes to food. I think our oldest is a super taster as well because she is mm. so, so sensitive and she picks things out. She doesn't like dill. And I made... <laughs> with like a teeny, teeny, tiny amount of dill in it. And the minute she tasted it, she was like, I can't, I can't, this has dill in it. I'm like, it has like a teaspoon of fresh dill in this whole batch and you can taste it. Um, but That's other than so that, you know, spices and she doesn't love things that are too spicy. And so we allow them to modify it a little bit as well. What we'll often do is if we do something like tacos, um, whatever we're making, whether it's like meat or black beans or something like that, that we're seasoning, we will season it lightly for them and then add more for us. after. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah. So you can, I mean, that's the, the same, same right? thing, but
0: it's a little bit yeah.
1: different. Yeah. Yeah. I think we also have to remember too that, you know, I think a lot of, I feel like the introduction of food is such a stressful um, period for parents. And I say that because I get so many people reaching out to me telling me how stressed they are that their kids not eating this, they're not eating that. Oh, my gosh, I think what parents need to remember is and acknowledge is that there are some foods they don't like. So if your kid really hates mushrooms, but yes, mushrooms are healthy, maybe they just don't like mushrooms. You know, and I say this, because Vienna, does not like mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kept trying to get her to like them and it was just like a texture thing. She's like, "No." And like she doesn't really love cooked tomatoes. So, you know, I have to like balance out how many times I make like a, a tomato-based pasta sauce. Like I can't, <laughs> you know, more like once a week is like the absolute max. Um she will take it and, you know, honoring, respecting what our kids like and dislike, just like there's some foods that we don't like and then not getting stressed out about it Uh, because it's not about us. Right. I think so many moms, uh, mostly moms that reach out to me, so stressed out about their child is not eating X, Y, Z. And the other thing is, you know, most children need to try foods multiple times. Like if your child says they hate mushrooms, like I tried mushrooms on Vienna at least seven times, Mm -hmm. you know, not seven days in a row, Um, But I just kept like trying, you know, then I would not do it for like a month and then try it again. I'm like, nope, just doesn't like mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's good to uh, acknowledge that, you know, just like we have dislikes, our kids have them too.
0: Yes. Yeah. So smart. Such a good reminder for me too, especially because both of my kids have different preferences. And my oldest, mm-hmm. even though she's more of a super taster, um, she is definitely more open to trying new foods. It's funny you mentioned oysters earlier, and she actually loves <laughs> oysters, and she will suck wow. them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thankful to live on the East Coast, so we can we can get them oh. pretty regularly in the summertime. Um, but we don't just buy her a plate of oysters because that would be expensive. So uh, when we have, you <laughs> yeah, know, no family come down or something like that, we will uh, all enjoy oysters and she loves them, which is great getting some of that zinc oh, in. Um, <laughs> but fantastic. my my youngest is, um, she's a lot more selective, we'll call it, than her mm-hmm. big sister. And, but I think that I've lightened up myself as a parent in between, like, I, I was definitely that parent with the anxiety, um, early on feeding Sage, my oldest. And then um, with Wren, it's like, well, she'll eat what she eats. And as long as we keep exposing her to it and she keeps trying it, hopefully,
1: yeah. maybe
0: she'll like it one day. Um, and she's definitely started as she's gotten it. She just turned three. So as she's gotten a little bit older, she's definitely become more open to even just trying things um, where, where she was the kid who like wouldn't even try it. And we like would try to ask her to take a try bite and she would just all out refuse. And we're like, oh, my goodness, so different. (laughs) every kid can be different right
1: but oh um, yeah I bet yeah I
0: love that I love that advice that is so great keep introducing it to them I know when I was a kid I was actually talking to a client at a client earlier this morning about how I didn't like onions as a child Mm -hmm. and later on in the conversation I mentioned something about pickled onions and she was like oh you like onions now and I'm like oh my gosh I do (laughs) I didn't even I didn't even make that association but she caught that I mean you know our, our tastes can change over time too
1: Oh yeah, totally. And I think parents also need to recognize you want to look at the week as a whole. You know, if your kid, you feel like all your kid has eaten in the day has been like fruit or you just feel, or like carbs and you're like, ah, I feel like they haven't eaten enough. Like I always like, you want to look at it from like, take a step back and say, okay, over a seven day period, have they just been eating carbs, starchy carbs, or have they had, you know, good meals here and there. And I feel that kind of like, you know, relieve some of that anxiety and stress when you look at it, um, when you take a step, step back and look at it that way.
0: Mm, yes. Yeah. I think there is so much stress about around wanting to be so perfect when it comes to feeding our kids, especially if it's taken us a while to learn how to eat in a way that's Mm -hmm. helpful, really feeling that pressure to do it right with our kids. But I love that of just taking a step back and going, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's about, it's about overall. Yes, exactly. So I would love to dig in a little bit deeper to nutritional needs when it comes to kids especially at different stages. So I'm wondering for the mom who is listening and maybe she has a child who's been eating for a little while. Maybe maybe not, you know, first first foods, but maybe in those toddler stages, where do you recommend moms start to focus when it comes to feeding their kids in a healthy way from the start? Maybe from maybe from the toddler stage and then maybe changing their nutritional needs as they get a little bit older?
1: Yeah. So um, I would say there's like a few things that come to mind that you want to make sure that you always have on your plate, but it's actually, it's actually very similar to, you know, we talked, we talked about already, like when you're introducing foods, like your children should be kind of just eating what you're eating. Um so I guess you know my advice also goes for adults as well. But children in particular, you know their brain is developing and rapidly developing in the first year and up to 4 years old. Like I believe around 4 or 5 is when a child's brain is actually it's adult size. Oh, so wow. like good fats and anti-inflammatory fats are really really important for children. So you want to make sure they have enough omega-3 essential fatty acids whether you know you're giving them things like fish Um, or eggs, or chia seeds, or walnuts, Um, even different green foods contain omega three essential fatty acids, but I would say, you know, at least once a day, uh, making sure they have an omega three. And that's why like a fish oil supplement can be beneficial. Or if you know, you're raising a vegan family, there are obviously algae based fish oils, but um, beyond the omega threes, I would always make sure recommend make sure that your child is getting enough good fat so that they feel satiated. Cause I think a lot of times we hear like parents say that their children are carb monsters. And I think that's because they're just not getting enough protein and fat. Um, I feel like when I look at, you know, what kids are eating these days, they're definitely not getting enough good fats. They're not getting enough colorful foods. And we know this based on research actually in Canada, Um, 40% of children's fruit and vegetable intake comes from two things, fruit juice and white potato. So that's probably in the form of French fries or mashed potatoes. So kids are not eating fruits and vegetables and they need that because they need all of those micronutrients to grow. And oftentimes they're not getting enough protein and protein is so important uh, for muscle growth and development. And beyond that, you know, I don't get too hung up on like, is your child getting enough iron? Is your child getting enough calcium? Because what I think is if you are feeding your child a wide variety of lots of plant based foods um, and focusing on colorful foods, you naturally get a wide array of micronutrients. Even if you don't give your child dairy, like my daughter, um, she does not drink cow's milk. Um, we did not raise her on cow's milk. Um, And she's growing and she's healthy. She has all her teeth. Her teeth are nice and healthy. She's a good height. Um, So I think there's a bit of a misconception that we need to be feeding our children cow's milk to help them grow and be healthy. And that's actually not true. Um, So, you know, there's that misconception that we need. Yes, calcium is extremely important and we need it, but there are many different ways to get calcium. Um, and I personally believe that, you know, homogenized, um, pasteurized cow's milk is just not the most nutrient dense way for children, um, to get their calcium. Like there's so many other ways to get it. So, so, so getting good fats, just to summarize, so good fats with a focus on omega-3 essential fatty acids for healthy brain and eye development, and also for healthy skin. Cause a lot of kids, um, I hear from a lot of parents, children, babies, and toddlers with eczema. So mm-hmm. omega-3s help to balance out inflammation in their body, make sure they get lots of colorful foods. So they get a wide variety of micronutrients and also phytonutrients too. Micronutrients, they're different than phytonutrients. Micronutrients, I'm talking about your vitamins and your minerals and, uh, your amino acids, Whereas uh, your phytonutrients, phyto means plant, as I'm sure you know, um, and phytonutrients, there's over 20,000 known phytonutrients, and those are found in plant based foods. Uh, And everything from quinoa to spinach, to sweet potato to arugula and avocado. And these nutrients are extremely beneficial for a plant's immune system, for a plant to be healthy, robust, and strong. And when we eat them, we gain those same benefits. So, lots of colorful foods is really simple way I think to um, ensure your child gets a wide array of nutrients. So, just you know, make the plate with like whenever. You know, it's something that's just like always in the back of my mind. Whenever I'm making a meal for my family, there's at least at least four different colors uh, on their plate.
0: Mm. And it's so much more fun for kids to eat colorful foods too, yes. right? And yeah, I think it's 100%. just about introducing the different colorful foods to them. And kids might like them in different forms. I know as you're saying that, I'm thinking about some of the meals that we like to have. I know that um, I love red cabbage and my kids don't love it raw. We'll put it raw on, I think I mentioned tacos earlier. I, we love tacos. Um, I'll yeah, eat it raw on, on tacos. Um, and in like, I have a, like a Thai salad that I make. They don't really love yeah. it raw but they'll eat it if I saute it up. If I saute it up, they'll eat it right up. Same thing with kale. I'll make a massage kale salad. They don't really love massage kale, but they fight over kale at the dinner table. Like my husband and I have (laughs) to take our little portion first so that we can actually get some. Oh, that's so funny. And they go ahead and they just dig in. And so it's, it's not as hard for us now because we've just introduced them to a lot of different colors to just put a bunch of different colors on the plate. But for the, for the parent who's Kiddos might be a little bit more maybe naturally selective because maybe they haven't been introduced to these foods before or because they just might be the type of child who's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) Do you have any suggestions for maybe, um, I'm not a fan of like sneaking in vegetables, but maybe some some different ways to get in vegetables that might not be as traditional as just kind of putting it on the plate.
1: Yeah. And I think what you were just saying though, is good advice. Like if your child doesn't like kale prepared a certain way, try it a different way. Mm. And I remember I had this exact thing with broccoli. I could not for the life of me get Vienna to like steamed broccoli or raw broccoli. And then I was like, you know what? I don't really like raw broccoli and I don't like steamed or like flash boiled. That's not my favorite way to eat broccoli. I like broccoli roasted with some sea salt and some garlic and some olive oil. So I started doing most of the roasted vegetables like that. And then lo and behold, like that's her like favorite thing to eat. So when you have like a selective eater, I think first and foremost, you have to try, do you have to try and prepare foods different ways. Don't just stick with how you learned to cook as a kid. You know, when I was a kid, I remember Brussels sprouts, I thought were the most disgusting thing in the world because, you know, my grandmother would just boil them to death. The whole kitchen smelled like a fart (laughs) and because all the sulfur components coming out of the Brussels sprouts, but now like I bake them or I saute them and caramelize them a bit with some onions So, um, the other thing I want to add with, you know, more, I, by the way, I like how you said selective eaters, not picky eaters. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very interesting. I like that. I'm going to use that because sometimes I feel like my daughter is picky and I'll be like, oh no, you're just selective. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is when you're wanting to introduce a new food, um, if you're past the stage of kind of like introducing, you know, like single ingredient foods, then, you know. I think it's important to recognize that you don't want to just like throw an entirely new everything, every item on the plate is new to your child and expect them to eat it. Like I think, you know, as you mentioned, like working things in is a great way. Like, you know, let's come back to the example of um, broccoli. If you like making a veggie pasta sauce, why not try putting some broccoli in there and getting you know, getting it in that way and seeing um, if your child likes it. The other thing is, you know, of course you can blend soups. Soups are a great way to get kids to try different foods. But then just like your daughter, they may be like that super taster and be like, you know what? I can taste that dill. I don't like it. <laughs> Oddly enough, my daughter doesn't like dill either, which I think is so, so random. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and don't give up, you know, wait, like try out a food if they hate it, you know, continue to try out until you kind of give up uh, for a while. And then maybe they may just discover it on their own.
0: Mm, Yeah. So good. So as kids start to get a little bit older, maybe so, you know, we're talking school age and I know it's a a whole other set of challenges and we'll talk about that a little bit more, I guess, in a minute. Um, But as they get a little bit older, are there different nutritional needs they need when they get older? Um, That's uh, actually more of a personal question because I've learned quite a bit about nutrition and most of my studying about kids' nutrition has been when they've been young because my oldest is only seven, but I'm like, do, do we need to change her need? Like, do her needs change as she gets a little bit older? Is it just more food that they need as they get older?
1: Well, I mean, yes and no. Like the thing is, you know, you mentioned that you really like intuitive eating. I think that we can give our kids, give our children more credit and allow them to kind of, tell us what they need and what they want and gravitate more towards that. And it also depends on your child. Like if you have a super active um, five-year-old or eight-year-old, eight-year-old who's like playing different sports or like always running around, then naturally if you have two children and that one's super active, naturally that one will probably want to eat more complex carbs um, because they're just burning through, um, you know, that glucose so much faster. But I really think that, you know, listening to what our kids want and what they need um, instead of kind of, you know, putting our views on like, oh, you know, you're not having, you need to have a palm size uh, serving of protein every day. Like, yeah, that's ideal that your child has a palm size of protein at their main meal, but that's not always going to be realistic. So I think like, just like adults, we have to, you know, make different adjustments, but also, Let's listen to our kids and what they need. Like, you know, I really, there's different, I I keep coming back to pasta because I feel like so many parents just resort to that as like a simple way to like appease their kids. Um, But, you know, think outside the box, think about trying like spiralized zucchini or think about like, there's, I'm sure in the States you have different brands of like lentil and chickpea type pastas, Mm -hmm. and then they're getting some protein in too. Because what's important for kids to feel satisfied, just like us adults, is to have enough protein and fat. Um, Because as you know, it takes longer to digest protein and fat than it does take to digest carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates. Um, so there aren't necessarily, there's subtle tweaks. Like for example, if you are giving your child vitamin D, um, as a supplement, which is something that I definitely recommend because most people are deficient and it's also very important for the immune system, then obviously, you know, the age of your child that is going to change subtly. Um, you know, for example, a baby is going to have less vitamin D than like my daughter who is five. So vitamin D would be one. Um, that, that I would adjust, but I'd say it's more sort of supplements that um, change as children get older versus changing um, the nutrients in what they're eating, if that makes sense. Although I will tell you for sure, some people like dietitians will probably talk more about, you know, cow's milk, like how much milk and how much calcium you're getting, how much calcium you're giving your child, but because I don't recommend, you know, cow's milk, we don't even need to talk about that, like make sure that your child has a wide variety of foods. And, uh, you know, consider supplementation at a point to f- like fill in some of those nutritional gaps um, that you feel like you you could be missing.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that advice. Listening to our kids and their bodies, and then also just giving them a wide variety. I think that that is going to help so many moms just breathe a sigh of relief. Like, okay, I don't have to do anything crazy as long as I'm giving them a variety and I'm letting them listen to their bodies. And I'm listening to, I'm allowing them to listen to their bodies. It's funny. I can always tell if my kids are growing because they'll eat a ton of protein specifically, especially my little one who's, not a huge fan of protein foods. So we eat meat and plant-based proteins. It just kind of depends on the night. Um, and she is just kind of like, she just doesn't eat as much as her sister. Obviously she's smaller than her sister, but she doesn't eat as much, but there will be times where she will just load up on the protein and then we'll notice that she's like, you know, starting to outgrow her clothes, which is just so funny. Yeah. And so cool. we just let her do it. We're like, sure, you want more chicken? We'll just give you more and you can eat as much as you want because she just kind of naturally balances that out, which is so cool to see. And they I think do. I just noticed it more with her than her sister. Um, but yeah, it's very cool.
1: That is so true. And it's also just to, you know, sort of add to that, it's so important to like, let kids decide when they are full. You know, I think oftentimes we're so pushy. You know, if we don't think our kids have eaten enough, you know, again, this is like our thing. This is our thing. We need to like, let go of that because children kind of always make up for it. Like, I'm sure you notice this with your girls, but I noticed if Vienna doesn't eat a lot at dinner, she is almost always way more hungry at breakfast. Mm -hmm. Or if she eats a massive dinner and like, wants like, seconds of whatever we're eating, then the next morning, isn't the morning that she wants like a hearty porridge with all her favorite um, fruits and hemp hearts and a bit of honey. Like that's not the morning that she wants that type of food. So, you know, kids, I think kids are a lot smarter than us adults when it comes to listening to their body. And I think it's us as parents who kind of like push our views on them. And we have to just let kids be kids, and let them, um, let them decide when they're full. Uh, and, you know, how we need as a parent need to release the judgment when we don't think that they've eaten enough. Why can't a child know when they're full, even with babies, even with babies, when they yeah. we're just introducing foods. Uh, I think, you know, moms and dads get like really stressed out about that. Oh my God, is like my child eating enough, but we have to remember like how small their stomach is. And mm-hmm. if they're still breastfeeding, really breast milk should be the main nutrition until one years of age. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, why is my kid not eating this, you know, entire chicken breast at six months old? Well, <laughs> they don't need that. That's way too much protein. But one more thing I want to mention about the protein. I think sometimes we think that kids need so much protein, mm-hmm. uh, and we think that's the only thing that they need. But you know, they need all three macronutrients, mm-hmm. complex carbs, protein, and fat, and they don't need as much protein as us. So, if you're making mm-hmm. a smoothie for your child, for example, you're not going to be putting in a full scoop of protein powder, because that would be too much. And that could be like hard on their kidneys. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I would recommend, um, you know, just being careful with that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I
0: think it is easy to get hung up on one thing or another thing. And that's why it is important to kind of listen to our kids, but also have the knowledge that they are smaller humans than us, and they need all nutrients. And it's just about giving them a variety and then adjusting if needed for their little bodies versus our bigger sized bodies.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do want to, um, you know, I didn't really touch on like the importance, one other sort of area of food that I think is really important for children to make sure that we're feeding them. And it might not be something we grew up on are things like fermented foods, um, mm-hmm. for gut health. So, you know, things like sauerkraut, you know, that was one of, that was an early food we gave our daughter Vienna, and she just loved that sour taste and sauerkraut as a fermented cabbage, a soured cabbage is so good for gut health because it has all that good bacteria. And their gut health is so, so important for their immune health, you know, preventing allergies and asthma, both food allergies and environmental allergies. So making sure that from a young age and on a regular basis that your child has a variety of fermented foods. So beyond sauerkraut, I'm talking even yogurt, whether it's dairy-based yogurt or coconut yogurt or almond yogurt, um, Kimchi tempeh, you mentioned you eat tempeh, that's a great fermented food. So that's soybeans that have been fermented. Like there's so many good gut-friendly foods. So we want to make sure that our kids are eating fermented foods. Because if we look at traditional cultures, every traditional culture around the world has like a fermented superfood. Mm-hmm. And it's more like the Western culture, or, you know, our modern lives, um, you know, there's been a lack of a need for fermented foods. Cause fermented foods really came out of a need because there was no refrigeration back in the day. So they had to ferment things and pickle things so they could have them, you know, through the colder winter months. And so it naturally nourished their gut ecology. So I think that's um, another thing that I see in Canadian and American kids is really missing in their diet are foods that are um, good for their gut microbes. And of course, uh, plant foods are great for your gut microbes, but you know, Uh, Well, a lot of the foods I'm talking about are plant foods anyways, but, but, you know, for parents out there to like make a mental note um, about feeding your child uh, gut friendly superfoods like fermented foods.
0: Yeah, I love that you brought that up. And that's something that we've done with our kids from the beginning as well. And I wasn't sure what my daughter would think about sauerkraut when I first gave it to her. Cause I've been, I never ate fermented foods as a kid. Cause we just yeah, me neither. didn't grow up with them. And so I started eating them when I was having some gut issues um, when I was in my mid 20s. And I introduced them to my oldest daughter and she immediately loves sauerkraut. And still to this day, like we can't even keep sauerkraut in the house for more than probably a week. I try to make it myself, but I can't keep up with making it fast enough. (laughs) So we'll get it from the store, but they love it. They'll eat sauerkraut, they eat yogurt. Um, And I think some of it is just... I mean, I think sometimes you might be surprised that your kids actually like it because it's a little yeah. bit sour and a little it's bit so tangy true. and a little bit salty. Um, but also, just you know, having it around and introducing them to it again—same thing going you know, you can try this and see if you like it and keep introducing it. And they might, they might like it. We actually have a couple cool, um, local places. I'm so sad. We are farmer's market. I mean, now it's, it's getting towards winter time. And so it's not open right now, but we have a couple local places that do several fermented vegetables. So it's oh, not just great. sauerkraut. They'll do like, um, fermented beets and carrots. And my kids really like those as well. So
1: oh, that's delicious. Mm-hmm. They're so that's good. awesome. And you know, it's like looking up a recipe too. Like you said, you were making your own sauerkraut. It's actually like very easy to make fermented foods. I think most people have no idea. I remember before I ever made my first jar of sauerkraut, I thought it was like the most complicated thing. Mm -hmm. And then I did it and I'm like, why am I buying sauerkraut again? All right. (laughs) Just purely for convenience. Yes, Which is okay too. Like it's totally, you know, for parents listening, I'm not saying that we should all be making our own sauerkraut because heck I still buy it sometimes too. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's uh, I would
0: rather have it in the house and have the kids eat it than not because I forgot to buy cabbage or you know forgot to make it and it takes about 2 weeks. To actually sit there and really ferment, yeah, yeah. and so you know, we'll buy it in between for sure. But yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because it is one of those things that I don't think most parents think of are is nurturing their gut health. And as someone who struggled, who struggled for a long time with gut issues, mm-hmm. and you know, thankfully now at this point, I know um, quite a bit about what to do if I do have some gut upset. Um, that's something that I really want to instill in my kids. It's just trying to help them foster a healthy microbiome when they're young. So hopefully they don't have the same issues that, that I had when I was, when I was in my twenties.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So I would love to talk a little bit about something that might be a little bit controversial, Um, (laughs) but I want to talk a little bit about the ingredients in kids' food. Because we are, we're all about balance here. And I'm not about putting strict rules around food. Um, And I do think there's a place for pretty much every type of food, but it it is all about balance. But at the same time, there is, there's no doubt a lot of additives and ingredients and foods that our kids' bodies just don't need on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. Um, So how do you navigate this? Are there maybe healthy swaps you recommend or how do you recommend parents navigate feeding their kids in a way that is more nourishing without, I guess, making them feel restricted because they're maybe different from other kids because they're not eating those same types of foods?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I would say first thing is that you as a parent are a role model to your child. So if you are eating take out all the time and foods that are super processed, then you absolutely cannot expect your child to be eating fruits and vegetables. So, you know, that's just the reality. Why? And it just boggles my mind, you know, how many people I meet and they're struggling with what their child's eating. And I say, well, how do you eat? And they're like, oh, I really need to eat better. (laughs) And I'm always like, well, like you are the example, not to like make people feel embarrassed, but... I think that's important to recognize. Now, as for, you know, what I recommend and and what we feed Vienna, we really focus on cooking mostly from scratch. And it's not, it does not have to be time consuming because I can tell you right now, both my husband and I, we do not, we cook healthy meals from scratch most nights of the week. Um, Maybe once every two weeks we get takeout um, from like a local restaurant or somewhere that we really love but we don't buy stuff we buy very few foods in packages like sure there's some things like you know crackers or you know perhaps different cereals although we actually don't even buy box cereal um, now that I think about it but you know there's definitely healthier versions so I would say there's some healthy packaged foods um, but I would say for the most part build, your, your fridge and your kitchen cupboards should be from, built from mostly single ingredient foods, foods that don't come in a package. And then if you are buying things that are in a package, like things to watch out for are food colorings, um, you know, f- food dyes, uh, look for things like different types of preservatives or emulsifiers. And, you know, people listening to this might be, but I don't know what an emulsifier is. I get it. So what I want you to do is, Just read ingredients labels. Don't worry so much about the nutrition label. You know, look at what your food is actually made of. Are the first five ingredients all words that end with O-S-E? Then you're basically just feeding your child sugar. Glucose, sucrose, fructose, dextrose, maltose. All of those are sugars. And in Canada, and I believe it's the same in the U.S., they're allowed to break down the sugar molecule because if they added it all up as one, the first ingredient would almost always be sugar. Uh, So I think, you know, for parents, reading labels is really key. And then not stressing out about it. You know, pre-COVID, of course, this conversation would be, what I'm about to say would be more applicable. But, you know, like when our daughter is going to a birthday party and there may be blue icing on the cake, I have to be honest, I'm not the parent that is like, you are not eating that. I actually let Vienna discover all of these things but I also educate her on that as well. So, like when we're walking through the grocery store, it's so funny when we all walk past the candy section. Vienna will be like, "Oh, mommy, that's all the stuff that's just full of sugar. We don't like that." <laughs> I'm like, "That's my girl. She knows." Um, but yet, I let her experience and try basically everything, um, and so she can she can figure it out herself. Because I don't want it to backfire on me. You know, I don't want it when she's like 14 or 15 to be like wanting to binge on all these things because they were so restrictive. So we've never been restrictive with any foods, but then we don't have things like pop in our house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm trying to think if she's ever even tried pop, but if she was at a party and I didn't know and she had some like, fine, she had it. Um, it's not the end of the world. And hopefully, you know, I'm sure you find this with your girls too. Uh, Vienna finds a lot of different foods way too sweet Uh, you know, when she, you know, say if she has like a chocolate chip cookie from some bakery who binds like, you know, probably loaded with white sugar, she often doesn't like it. She just finds it like too sweet. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great balanced approach to it. Cause I think that's another
0: area of anxiety for a lot of parents is oh my gosh it's that perfection going back to that like I want to make sure they're not getting anything and I do think that that can have that negative effect so letting them experiment letting them notice how it feels for them see if they like it um I know that my kids, they have stuff when we're out and at home, we just, we typically don't keep it around. We'll make special treats on occasion. Um, But yeah, we just, we feed them the food that's going to, we know is going to make them feel good inside the house and let them choose what they want to out of what we have on hand. And then when they're out, they're out. So I love that approach. That's great. So something you mentioned earlier, just to switch gears a little bit, um, was filling in kids' nutritional needs with supplements. So Mm. I would love to hear a little bit more on your opinion when it comes to supplements and maybe what you recommend for kids in general, or is it just all kid to kid? What do you kind of recommend? I know you mentioned vitamin D and that's something that we've done, you know, from the beginning, but any other supplements that you think are really important for kiddos?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of probiotics as well. Um, and, you know, it comes back to like ensuring they are eating a lot of for, they're eating enough, I don't want to say a lot of because you don't want to just be giving your kids sauerkraut at every single meal thinking that you're doing their gut um, benefits. So that would be definitely overkill, but um, probiotics are such a great way to support a child's immune system, Um, especially important now that we're like just coming into the height of flu season, which is going to go until like February, right. And with COVID. Um, So probiotics are definitely a beneficial um, supplement to give. And there's specific strains that have been researched for things like reducing absentee days from school reducing the severity and the duration of re- upper respiratory infections. Um, probiotics are amazing for children. There's good research on uh, digestive wellness, like diarrhea and constipation. So they can help with both of those things. And so I give my daughter a probiotic every day, but she also eats like pretty healthy, healthfully. Uh, so I do think a probiotic is a beneficial um, supplement to give to your child because most children are not eating fermented foods uh, regularly, anyhow. Uh, and, you know, adults can benefit from a probiotic too. Yeah. So so good. So probiotics, vitamin probiotics. D. Oh yeah. Vitamin D. I know you mentioned omega-3s before
0: too, fish yeah. oil or algae. That was the other one you recommended for a, a Yeah,
1: for a vegan, um, for vegan families. So children are definitely actually when there's been um studies done on children's level of EPA and DHA, it's actually way lower than adults. And once you've adjusted for like size and weight, children are still actually not getting enough omega-3 fatty acids, which are so important um, for cardiovascular health, for brain health, for skin health. Um, And that's because a lot of kids are just not eating fish and they're not eating foods that have good fat. So um, omega-3s are definitely um, a nutrient that is missing in children's diets. So that is something else that's very, very easy to supplement. Um, I give my daughter a liquid um, omega-3 and uh, just tastes like grape flavor. It has vitamin D already in it. So that's a really uh, easy one. And then, you know, a lot of parents will ask me like, what do I think about a multivitamin and this and that? You know, a multivitamin, the thing is, I actually don't give my daughter a multivitamin because I want her to get a lot of her nutrition from the food that she's eating and I'm not convinced there's not a lot of multivitamins out there for kids that I really like. I find they often have like for for her age and similar probably to your daughter, both your daughter's ages, they're probably not into swallowing pills. Mm-hmm. And so, so many of the chewables out there, I just don't like the ingredients that are in there. So I think you're better off doing like a fruit or a veggie powder, like a superfood powder supplement and putting that mm-hmm. in water and using that as like a whole food based um, multivitamin versus just giving them a pill or a chewable that has it most likely has all synthetic vitamins and minerals. And then it has additives to make it taste good. So I think you're better off. Like there's so many different, um, I have a line, as you probably know, of, of kids supplements, uh, three different products, and we have an organic and fermented superfood supplement it has 22 different superfoods. You just put it in like a smoothie. You can mix it in porridge. You can mix it in yogurt. It's kind of like your insurance policy. And I just feel a lot better giving Vienna that than a multivitamin. Like I'm giving her something that's whole food based with, mm-hmm. with multiple vitamins and minerals versus, you know, a pill that's just all synthetic. Mm,
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. I like that. We've been giving, we give our kiddos or we have previously given our kiddos a multivitamin until they were about three it, or until yeah. about like four ish. And now like my, my older daughter eats such a wide variety of foods. And we also do probiotic D and fish oil, though my oldest right. really does like fish. So she, we eat quite a bit, quite a bit of fish. Um, And that's kind of what we do for her. And she will also take um like a greens powder. It's like a chocolate greens powder oh, and she amazing. loves it. And she'll just drink it in <coughs> almond milk and shake it up. And she calls it her chocolate shake
1: which That's is funny. Cause great. like, I don't
0: drink like protein shakes or anything, but she, That's amazing. and so our, our younger daughter, we've, and uh, which we gave her a multivitamin A decent one that I found until she was about four. And then we're like, she doesn't really need this anymore. Like she's eating a variety of foods. We do give one to our our youngest just because I just, that's kind of her insurance policy. Yeah, Yeah. Like things mixed into things. She likes things more plain. Like she's so different than her big sister. (laughs) So, but I love that. Funny how that happens, right? Such different personalities and likes and dislikes. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of um very similar to how we do it. We have done the multi for just the little one for that kind of like extra insurance policy. But I like the idea of the superfood blend too and seeing if we could get that in or that way. Cause I am a big fan of the Whole Foods base too, because our bodies are meant to deal with Whole Foods Mm -hmm. and synthetics and they'll know what to do with them. And then if our body doesn't need it, it knows how to let it go too, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so good. So speaking of real whole foods, you have some incredible recipes on your website. Mm-hmm. Are there maybe kid favorite recipes that you can share with my listeners? And we'll go ahead and try
1: and link them down below as well. Oh yeah, totally. There's so many. I feel like everything I create now has to be like kid approved. <laughs> um, I, you know, and then I'll send you some links, but like my blueberry flax, um, oat bran muffins mm-hmm. are a huge hit. Basically any healthy muffin cookie or... Or loaf. My banana bread, my daughter is a huge fan of that. And that's like coconut flour based. So there's lots Mm -hmm. of good protein, lots of micronutrients in there. Um, My frittata is a really great recipe for lunch, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And that's just like so easy to make. And once you start making frittatas on the regular, you realize how easy it is. You can use, you know, leftover sweet potato in there. You can put some feta cheese, um, some broccoli. So I can send you that recipe. Um, another favorite is our baked pancakes. So you're basically, you know, it's like a pancake recipe, um, but you're actually baking it. And then you swirl almond butter and blueberries wild blueberries into it, or you could use like a, a healthy type of jam, um, Mm -hmm. and you swirl it in, then you just bake it. It's so delicious. Um, so those are kind of the ones that are off the top of my head And I have lots of different like soups. My daughter loves our golden soup, which for younger ones, any of the soups that I have, I always say like for really young ones, you know, if you feel more comfortable, you can puree it um, depending on, you know, how many teeth your child has kind of thing. So I'll definitely send you some of my favorites.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. I know. I know mamas love, love recipes. (laughs) Anytime I post a recipe too, I have at least one person who asks me if my kids eat it. And I'm like, if I am posting this recipe on my website or on Instagram, Mm. my kids, my kids have eaten it, or at least one of my kids have, have eaten it. So I have a couple more questions before I'm going to let you go because, oh my goodness, we could talk for hours. I'm sure. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But do you have any joyous health, maybe essential foods or ingredients that are just in your kitchen at all times?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely have like my kitchen staples and I would say like, let me think first about like things that are non-perishable. Um, I always am stocked with coconut oil. Um, extra virgin olive oil. Those are like the two main oils that I use for cooking and for salad dressings. Um, I always have things like uh, quinoa, brown rice. Um, I have, even though we actually don't eat a ton of grains. um, I don't personally eat a lot of grains myself, but um, I also have a lot of different flours because I love baking. So my essentials are almond flour, coconut flour, brown rice flour. Um, and then when we think about those are kind of like the top things I think about that I have for one ingredient foods that I like to bake with. And then I have always have things like sea vegetables, like sea snacks, because mm-hmm. my daughter loves those sea snacks. I have always have like healthy crackers, um, whether it's Mary's crackers or simple Mills. And then in the fridge, it's just, I always have like a whole variety of different, um, fruits and vegetables, uh, because I find when my daughter home comes home from school, like she is like always starving. So that's the time mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cucumber, celery, like get all the, like the, the crunchy raw vegetables in that she doesn't always want to eat. Um, and I always make sure that my freezer I have, like we shop one to two times per week. And I always make sure in my freezer that I have well-stocked protein So, uh, when I go to like the fish market or I go to the healthy butcher, I don't know if you ever shopped there when you lived in Toronto, Mm -hmm. but I always have like, I always buy fresh fish or Turkey sausages or a whole organic chicken. And I just freeze everything. So I make sure that I always am stocked, um, with good sources of protein. I'm sure there's more things. There's so many more things, but those are just like off the top of my head. Like what are the things that I, Oh, and nut butters. I always make sure I have at least two or three different kinds of nut butters, almond butter, uh, tahini, um, sunflower seed butter. I always have nuts and seeds. Um, Those are all just kind of like staples that can be ingredients in other things or, you know, sometimes just having toast with almond butter and a bit of raw honey is just like the best thing ever. Mm, Yes.
0: So comforting. That is probably one of my kids' favorite breakfasts. Like if we're just doing something really quick, it's like, okay, we'll just do toast and almond butter and a little bit of honey. And they're very happy.
1: Yeah, totally. Same (laughs) over here.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, so much information for so much information. Inspiration is what I meant to say. Also information, yeah. but so much inspiration for the mama listening. So is there a final message that you want to share with my listeners, maybe just to put them at ease when it comes to feeding their kids in a holistically healthy way?
1: Yeah. And I think it's just to echo what I said earlier and is that you want to look at what your child eats over the span of a week. Um, as opposed to being so micro, because I think that's when we get stressed out when our kid isn't eating all our dinner or when they take two bites of their breakfast and then they're off to school. And then we worry all day. Oh my God, did they eat enough? So I think that can kind of alleviate some stress and anxiety that our kids aren't eating enough when we look at it over the seven day period. Are they eating lots of different, um, foods over a seven day period? And if they are, then great. And if not, then we need to, um, make some positive changes.
0: Oh, so, so good. Well, before we go, I have three rapid fire questions. I love to ask all of my guests if you'd be willing to answer them. Oh, for sure. They're easy, I promise. The first one, <laughs> not, maybe not for you. The first one is what is your favorite thing to
1: cook? Um, Pancakes. Oh, that was easy. Yeah, <laughs> super. I love pan and waffles too, but that's like the same thing, just a different way to make it. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is your favorite thing to order or eat if we're allowed to go out to
1: restaurants? Oh, Thai food. Mm, thai food is so I good. I love Thai food. There's some really good Thai food restaurants in Toronto.
0: Yes. Oh, we have one good Thai food restaurant here where I live. Like one compared to many in Toronto. <laughs> so Amazing. my last... My last sort of rapid fire question. Um, We like to talk here on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast about balance in every area of our lives. So my final question is, what does your beautiful balance mean to you?
1: Um, So I feel like when I became a mom, it was hard to actually balance everything. And I still to this day feel like sometimes... I am and sometimes I'm not, but I I'm actually okay with that because as long as I have my self-care rituals in place, which I do, um, then I feel really good. You know, I make sure that there's certain things that I make time for. I get up early enough um to do in the morning that, you know, set the stage for my day so that if I if I know I'm having a day where it's like super busy and, you know, I I feel like I barely have time to pee, even though I'm like out of balance in that way. I have like a good foundation to start out with. And I know that, you know, I have those rituals in place in the morning. And then I know in the evening, there's other things that I do to to keep me feeling good. So I guess it just comes down to self-care in the midst of chaos, as long as like you're still making yourself number one. And that can be done. That absolutely can be done. I think that sometimes people think, stress and anxiety means that you're not taking care of yourself anymore. Well, the stress and anxiety will be amplified if you don't take care of yourself. So um, especially, you know, through this pandemic, a lot of people are feeling a lot of anxiety. So I think more than ever, we need to make time for our self-care rituals. Yes. Oh my gosh.
0: What a great kind of full circle moment as you started talking about pregnancy and talking about how you prioritized yourself during pregnancy and felt so good. And then now as a mama prioritizing that self-care, taking care of yourself. So, so good. And I think ultimately that's my message for moms. Like I talk a lot about balance and balance ultimately is, you know, taking care of yourself and doing what you need to do to feel balanced, even if it doesn't mean you are balanced every single day. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's totally. really taking care of yourself and focusing on the things that matter. Oh my gosh. So, so good. <laughs> so where can my listeners connect with you and all that you do if they happen to not be familiar with you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me my uh, website where I have hundreds of recipes and inspiration and videos is uh, joyoushealth.com. So j-o-y-o-u-s health.com. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram as well at joyoushealth. and similar to you. Um, I have a podcast that I do with my husband called the joyous health podcast. Uh, so you can find us there wherever you get your podcast fix.
0: Yes. And we will link to your cookbooks and all that down below in the description box as well. Yes. Oh my gosh, Joy. This was a joy. (laughs) This was so great. Thank you so much for being on and sharing with us. I could certainly talk to you for so much longer, but I I want to honor your time. So thank you again for taking the time and being on with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me.